0: Let's get together with the movers, the shakers, the people that make things happen in this great city. You're listening to Entrepreneur Montgomery. Here's your host, Joe
1: Bass. Today, we are really excited to have an amazing guest with us. He's what we would all call the American dream, a man that worked his way through school selling clothes during the year and dictionaries door to door during the summer. He ended up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and through his friendships with those visiting for sporting events, realized opening a traditional clothing store in Montgomery was his very next move. Guys, the rest is history, and now we have a moment to learn from a great Montgomery businessman, the president of the locker room, George Wilder. Mr. Wilder, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: Mr. Wilder, tell us a little bit about yourself outside of your business life.
0: Madeline and I were married in 1971, so we've been married for however long that is. Uh, uh, so we've been married, and we've got three kids. hmm and we now have two grandkids. So we've got a long marriage, obviously, and, and, and got great kids. And, and grandkids now are really something special, a, a, a different phase of our lives. We're beginning to uh, really, really enjoy, certainly. And, but, you know, we love working in the yard. We don't, I'm not a golfer, not a hunter. We love being outside and particularly love working in the yard and, 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 you know, visiting our kids when we can.
1: Fantastic. Uh, one question I like to ask everyone that I interview is this. What's one of your favorite quotes?
0: You know, a couple. If anybody has been in my my little office back here in the back of the store, on my office door, which is never closed, I've got quotes taped all over the place. Things that amuse me and interest me and and inspire me. And uh, I think I think one of my favorite quotes. Little calendar in front of me, but I think one of my favorite quotes, Joe, is a. Uh, is it goes like this? It says the best time to plant a tree, is 15 years ago. Mm. But the second best time is today, hmm. and uh, I, 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 I uh, you know, you can always look back. But but another another thing that I remember, the quote that I like is that I, I cut out and pasted in my door. It says, "Prejudice is a great time saver. You can make decisions without having to get the facts." And uh, you know that's all prejudice is. It's just prejudging something. So
1: right, absolutely.
0: Uh, we try to try to. Uh, uh, Anyway, but I've got, if you come at, when, when you come in my office, you'll see we've got little quotes pasted all over the doors from, you know, the last 10 or 12 years at least. So,
1: so Mr. Wilder, I believe you went to Mississippi State, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, one of my previous guests, actually, uh, Greg Miles from Montgomery Multisport, he went to Mississippi State and then transferred over to Mississippi College. But uh, I have to ask you this. When you go to the Iron Bowl, do you yell War Eagle or do you yell Roll Tide? Well,
0: the good the good thing about the good answer to that, the good the, the good thing about that is I can be for whoever I'm with. <laughs> if I'm with an Alabama fan, I can be for Alabama. If I'm with Auburn fans, but the truth is I lived in Tuscaloosa for 5 years mm-hmm. and through that uh, before I moved to Montgomery. So I love being in Tuscaloosa and love that and uh, and now we've got a store in Auburn. Mm-hmm. We always uh, dressed Auburn coaches over the years. So, uh, and Auburn's a fabulous place. So I'm I'm uh, uh, just got back from a trip to Mississippi State to uh, Starkville in June, a fraternity reunion. As a matter of fact, and saw a lot of old fraternity brothers and got a tour of the campus. So I, I'm uh, 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 at heart, I'm a, I'm a state fan. I can be, like I said, I lived in Tuscaloosa long enough to be an Alabama fan. Have been uh, been around Auburn long enough to be a an Auburn fan so I can be for whoever I need to be for
1: So do you have one of the the old cowbells?
0: Actually I do. I sure do. Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. It's stuck up by my TV. Stuck up by the television so when when I, when I watch I can pull for the pull for the Bulldogs. There you go. There you go.
1: If you had to choose one of these two bands to listen to for the rest of your life, would it be the Beatles or would it be the Rolling Stones?
0: It'd be the Rolling Stones,
1: hands down the Rolling Stones. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite city or town in the United States?
0: Yeah, it's a uh, probably I I can say this. Uh, I would say Charleston is probably one of my favorite cities. Uh, I, we our middle daughter lives in Charleston and has been there went to college there and has stayed there, so she's been there for twelve, thirteen years probably now and. Uh, so we've had a chance to go a lot in, uh, over the past 10 or 12 years. and I would have to say that's probably one of my favorite cities in the country.
1: That's a very cool town, very cool town. Mr. Wilder, uh, tell us a little bit uh, about your daily routine, starting starting with your morning and going into the afternoon. Are you someone who's pretty rigid with your day, uh, or do you f- kind of figure it out as you go?
0: Well, you know, I, uh, this morning, for example, uh, our hours, our store hours are from nine to six. You know, everybody's, we want everybody here at 8.30 Hmm. to get here to get the store ready and make sure everything's done and just, just, you know, drink some coffee and get everybody uh, situated. You know, personally, I get up uh, about 6.30 and on five days a week, I take my dog and we go, we walk for about three miles. We take a Uh, started out this morning jog for about a half a mile and walk for about two and a half miles and uh kind of clear my mind and get ready for the day and i try to get to the store uh by eight and uh get paperwork stuff done get the go over all the figures and paperwork kind of stuff just just get my uh, mind right and then of course we're in the sales business we're in the we're in the uh uh, relationship business is the business we're really in but uh So our hours, you know, we're in the service business, so our our time is not necessarily our own. People say, "When do you go to lunch?" And I say, "We, you know, most of the times I quite frankly don't go to lunch. (laughs) But uh, uh, you know, we're here when our customers want to want to, and our clients want us to be here. So, uh, so we don't have office hours as as as, such. Like we don't have lunch hours. We go to lunch whenever we're. uh, If if a customer wants to come in at lunch on his lunch hour, then uh, that's what we want to do. So so we're here to serve that but you know the day uh you know we our hours are from nine until six and you know i generally get out of here by six thirty. so uh uh but you know it's always a fun day because you don't know you're not a not on a rigid schedule you know we may be calling on clients like hunter today is called on a customer in birmingham got up to see uh, uh to see someone in birmingham and uh uh you know we've been here long enough we've got customers all over the place in uh around south alabama and north alabama and uh uh just, just really
1: literally all over the country. Right, right. Mr. Uh, Wilder, tell me a little bit about, uh, I briefly talked about it in the beginning uh, when you are in Tuscaloosa, but uh, the idea for the locker room, uh, where, did, where did that originate? And it originated in Tuscaloosa, I know, but how did that happen and how did it uh, start here in Montgomery? How did all the pieces come together for you? Joe,
0: um, you know, the... When I got when I I started working in a clothing store when I was a senior in high school I already hung around long enough to hung around the store enough that they finally gave me a job and always always liked clothes and you know wanted to dress well and I grew up in a time when people did dress well hmm. so um, I worked through college and uh, when I got out of college I had a chance to go to Tuscaloosa and run that store because Alex wanted to move to. Who Alex Gatewood, who owns the store and, and who I work for, he wanted to move to Jackson and open the store in Jackson, which he did, of course, so I ran that store in Tuscaloosa and lived there for five years. And through living there, as I told you, I met lots of folks from Montgomery, uh, particularly a group of lawyers uh, who would come to basketball games and football games, and, and they said, you know, you, ought, you guys ought to open a store in Montgomery. Uh, so we came down and did some uh, events. We... uh Went to a motel at our actually the, at the governor's house then, which was kind of the motel, the hotel in in uh, in Montgomery, mm-hmm. uh, and set up a room and invited people by and sent them some invitations and just to get a feel for the market and were successful and so we started looking for a, started looking for a place and uh, we had, again, a a bunch of followers, uh, a bunch of clients and customers who had had gone to the university and shopped with Alex over the years and myself that I'd come to know. And uh, we put together, uh, uh, we got a man named Lawrence Bayer who was in the advertising business who, again, loved clothes and was looking for an investment. So Lawrence and myself and Alex uh, each put up some money and borrowed some money and and, uh, started the store here three partners and you know Lawrence was a silent partner of course but he did the advertising and uh, uh Lawrence was a very talented man and and did the advertising and you know I ran the store and of course I got advice and help from Alex uh at the time I was 27 years old so I'd been I'd had some experience but still not experience running a store mm-hmm. and uh you know so so uh we were partners for about two years after about two years uh, Lawrence and I bought Alex out, and then after about another five or six years, I bought Lawrence's interest out, and and uh, was was the sole owner.
1: Okay, uh, Mr. Wilder, you're the chairman of the Alabama Retail Association, um, and we've all heard the topic come up, and then it goes away, and then it kind of brews back up to the top again, and that's the rise of e-commerce stores. Uh, they're able to provide lower prices because they're not always required to charge sales tax uh, how has this changed the landscape of retail stores that provide really the largest amount of jobs in the private sector
0: well there's a there's a bill in Congress uh, Joe called the marketplace fairness and that's exactly what it is it's about fairness in the marketplace uh, and quite frankly it's just uh, uh, it's already passed the Senate and and I have been to Washington now three different times. Uh, or last one in, in June um, to lobbying for this for this uh, our our congressmen and our senators and who are all on board by the way um, for this bill. But it's called marketplace fairness. And Joe, it's just quite simply a question of of, of fairness. Mm. In other words, if you want to buy a, a uh, uh, say a Patagonia jacket. From us and it's two hundred dollars, and you come in and we say it's two hundred dollars. Taxes ten percent, twenty dollars. So Joe, it's two hundred twenty dollars, and you go, gosh, I can buy it online from the Patagonia store perhaps, uh, and it's two hundred dollars there too. The jacket's the same price, but they don't have, but I don't have to pay sales tax, right? And uh, uh, so it's twenty dollars cheaper. So that's ten percent. That'll buy me, you know, dinner one day, one night. Mm-hmm. And the the our contention is obviously that's just not fair. It's not. It's, it, it's not. I hate to use the word "not fair," but it's not a level playing field. Right. In other words, they need to charge. And the fact is that you do owe the sales tax. And uh, uh, but it's it, it has, it's not a level playing field. In other words, the government by if, if they allow them not to charge tax, they're deciding they're picking winners and losers. But my my point and uh, our point, quite frankly, is this. You know, as I said it. Uh, before you've never seen Amazon.com on the back of a Little Lake jersey. Right. The fact is, the fact is, uh, you know, the local merchants, as you said, provide all their jobs. But you know, we're paying, uh, we're paying property tax on our property. We're paying for a business license uh, to the city. We're paying a business license to the state, and we remit our income tax. And uh, the 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 truck that delivers that jacket that you buy from of uh, Those books that you buy from an Amazon or from whoever, those trucks that deliver that are driving on our roads and and making potholes and and you know, mm-hmm. and they're not doing anything to to, to providing any taxes, uh, any means of support to fix those roads. Right. So it's, so it's uh it just quite frankly it's a, it just it started off maybe when, in its infancy when the uh, that industry the the e-commerce was was just a blip on the screen to where it's uh, uh, maybe giving them some advantage, but at this point it doesn't make any sense at all. Right. And even Amazon is is behind that. One thing I'll say, though, is, is you don't see, uh, as I told our, our congressmen, and our senators, you know, you're either for the main street, main, your guys on main street, the people you go to church with, the people you go to Kiwanis Club with, the Rotary Club, or uh, uh the guy who owns the, the local restaurant or whatever you support them, or you support some out-of-state corporation. And the facts are these, Joe. For every, I think this is right. I'm, and, I'm sure this is right. For every hundred dollars you spend in a locally owned store like the locker room, uh, uh, sixty-eight dollars of that goes back to the community. Wow. So sixty-eight dollars for every community. For every hundred dollars you spend in a big box store, uh, forty-two dollars of that goes back to the community. Mm-hmm. But for every dollar you spend with a, uh, a, a an online retailer, and, and don't charge that, you know, obviously zero goes back into the community. Mm. But it's a question of just, and uh, the other thing, and I'll get off the soapbox here in a minute. But the thing that when you go to, Joe, you know, we're talking about Charleston, for example, being a being my favorite city. When you go to Charleston, you want to go to. Uh, a, a Charleston barbecue place, or a Ch- Charleston restaurant, or a Charleston store, you don't want to go to a chain store that's in in a shopping center in Montgomery. You right. want to go to a place that's special, that makes it special, and that's what you want to do when you come to Montgomery. You want to go to, to a, a, a Jubilee Seafood, or Sam's Barbecue, or talk to a Sandra Nickel, or a, a George Wilder, or somebody that's local, uh, uh, that gives the city its character and its flavor.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Mr. Wilder, Montgomery has a very changing landscape right now. Uh, I grew up here, moved away, came back, and was quite astounded, actually, at some of the changes that I've seen, but uh, a lot of them are are very good, some not so much, but it's really exciting to kind of watch this growth here, especially in the downtown area, but Growing up here, I really love the feeling of older Montgomery. And your store, The Locker Room, it's a part of both old Montgomery and new Montgomery. Uh, what are some of the things that you've seen in the past 10 years here in Montgomery that really excite you about the city?
0: Well, Joe, I am excited about the city. I'm excited about, I'm excited about uh, uh, what's happened in the past 10 years. You know, I think we've had some great leadership starting, starting under Bobby Bright when when they had the vision uh, and and the with the private enterprise uh to put the put the biscuit stadium to build that beautiful stadium down downtown and hmm. and that was started the the whole impetus for downtown development and um uh, and and you got ho- obviously the uh, Dr. Bronner was a big part of it with with the investments he's made in the city uh, the hotels and the uh, so all of a sudden Montgomery is an incredible city, incredible history here. And the more you study and the more you read, and you realize uh, 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 the history that, that was here. And this is an important point, an uh, important place in the uh, in the United States history. the Civil Rights Movement, uh, you know, began here. The Civil War, of course, the the telegram came came from here. So incredible history, and we need to play on that and and. Uh, you know, certainly Montgomery's taking the attitude that that that's history, and we don't need to be ashamed of it. We need to we need to be proud of, of what happened here, and mm. and uh, and let people come see it. So the the what's happened downtown is really just incredible. And again, a city to be a city's got to have a downtown. Mm. You can have all the the East Chases and all the sh- the malls and shopping places you want to, but if you don't have a downtown, you don't have a city. So Absolutely. I'm I'm really excited about what's going on. I'm excited about uh, our leadership. I think our mayor Mayor Strange has done an incredible job. is a great visionary and a great a great leader, uh, and getting private sector people involved, getting the between the public and the private sector to make things happen downtown. And there's a as you know, there's a lot going on, and it's just really exciting.
1: It is. It is exciting. Uh, so I stumbled upon a book uh, while I was doing some research. Uh, for this interview, Up Against the Walmarts was the book. Uh, this book was published in 2005 and I read a small part uh, that was written about you and, and of course your in-depth knowledge of what's going on in your business and how that's important. Now 2005, uh, in that time, uh, the big box stores were really, really putting a lot of money into uh, computers and point of sale systems and reporting. What systems, whether those are electronic, manual, what do you find to be the most helpful to you uh, today in knowing your business better, which is super important?
0: Well, you know, technology, of course, trickles trickles down, and uh, just like, you know, years ago, a digital camera, uh, the, uh, the high-powered digital cameras were expensive, and of course now, the more phones are taking more photos are taken with an iPhone than any, any camera out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so technology gets gets cheaper and cheaper, just like televisions and whatnot. And and the point of that is that uh, point of sale systems that are now affordable to us uh, and we've had for some time uh, enable us to capture data to know what our customers are buying and and so forth. And uh, so that's that's a you know, we'll never be the leaders in technology. Obviously small stores can't but but entrepreneurs are gonna figure out a way if uh, once Walmart figures something out, invest in something that they'll figure out a way that, that to get it down to the independent stores where it's affordable. So so systems like that are are are, uh, are just vital today. I mean today when I grew up yeah we ran our businesses uh, somewhat by the seat of our pants and pretty much by the seat of our pants you know we we did it uh, without all the data you have today but today we have uh, you know incredible i won't call them necessarily sophisticated but I guess they like compared to where what what I grew up doing they're incredibly sophisticated mm-hmm. we have we have uh, uh you know open to buys and we have uh, all kind of information that that we you know we grew up I grew up when I grew up in the business we didn't have any of that stuff so so uh it's really a, a, a certainly more of a science but in the business we're in we're in the uh relationship business as i said before and we're not in a in a in a commodity business like selling uh, you know Budweiser if you want Budweiser you don't care if it comes from goes uh, Bait and tackle or from Neiman Marcus. You just want Budweiser, but right. if you want a uh, if you want a nice bottle of wine or a nice dinner, a nice men's suit, you don't go to a department store, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go to a specialty store, and uh, it's you know it's not necessarily a matter of location. Um, it's a matter of, of of going where the where where you get the best service and where you have a relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Mr. Wilder, when you were in college. I read that you sold dictionaries door-to-door. Uh, do you think that a bit of the, um, I guess for a lack of a better way of putting it, the hustle mentality uh, is missing in this younger generation, or are you actually seeing it as alive and well, or, or maybe a little bit of both?
0: I think it's got to be a little bit of both, most most likely. <clears throat> Certainly, we, you know, I'm a <clears throat> I am a baby boomer. Hmm. And so, uh, our parents were were the greatest generation, mm. and uh, uh, lived the you know were born <clears throat> born during the depression or lived through the depression, and came up with a whole different mindset. Our, our, uh, so perhaps we were raised differently. We were raised, and most of us college graduates have done pretty well. And, and quite frankly, we probably spoiled our kids and made it too easy on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, by giving them things and so so it's certainly our fault. It's been said, or I've read somewhere that this this new generation may be the maybe the first generation in a long long time that hasn't done better than their parents and uh I don't know if that's true or not, but we have certainly uh as parents maybe not done as good a job as as we could have uh uh i don't i don't know the there, they you look at you look at uh you, you see it in the papers every day of of uh, actors, athletes, who are working extremely hard and 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 doing well. And you see those. You see at the same time you see some who are incredibly gifted, uh, but maybe don't work as hard and therefore and aren't as successful. You know that's something certainly we need to teach. And there's there's the, this entitlement generation. We certainly have a, have that going on in our country right now, where a lot of people feel like they're entitled this, entitled to that. And the fact is, we're not entitled to anything.
1: Uh, Absolutely not. I agree one hundred
0: percent. So, so I think that's a, the parent's fault. That's a that's a that's a tough question. Of course, you've got so many single parent families, uh, and that's that's really a, a problem in our culture. You've got so many uh, uh, so many children that are raised by single moms who are working in a lot of cases two jobs or whatever to provide mm-hmm. them, and, and don't have the don't have the male uh, role models. Uh, yeah. So, so you know so that that's a, that's certainly a, certainly a problem, but but the kids today uh, have a tremendous opportunity, uh, different than, than it was in my day, perhaps. But uh, you know, education. I, I was listening to an NPR, and I forget the guy's name, but the, was the the chairman of uh, the the uh, chancellor at Ole Miss, University of Mississippi, and uh, had done an incredible job. But he made a point in his statement. He said, "There's not a." A question you asked that the answer is not education, and and I and I, I I believe remember that obviously and and believe that that education's a key, and we've got to have an educated uh, populace and educated workforce. And the more education the the less litter there'll be, the less trash on the streets, the less uh, you know crime, whatever. It's all a matter of education.
1: Absolutely, and and you know going back to uh, what you said about. I think the entitlement generation. I have to agree there. Uh, I think that, for example, this show. Uh, one of the points of this show, Mr. Wilder, is to uh, look to the people in the city uh, that are uh, that have been there and that have run these businesses and have worked hard. And you know, one of the things that always comes back is work, 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 work. You've got so many talents. You're only so smart, but work really comes down to uh, how successful you're going to be. And I really hope that that's something that people get from uh, these shows is um, that we have people to look up to right here in Montgomery, uh, not just in Montgomery. But um, it's a really an amazing thing to see and maybe that uh, entitlement uh, mentality will actually come down a little bit when we start hearing the real stories of what people did to, to get to where they were and and look up to those people as opposed to uh, perhaps looking at looking at someone and saying, oh, they've got a lot of money or so on and so forth, some things that some people say. But um, it's really an amazing thing, uh, at least in uh, my opinion, to see people like you who have, have built something. So hopefully that's what's going to come across. But Um, I guess uh, my next question would have to be, uh, Mr. Wilder, what advice would you give to new entrepreneurs uh, or those who are thinking about starting a business and also those that are in school right now for business? What advice would you give to them uh, just starting out?
0: When I was at at Starkville at Mississippi State, we had a a campus tour, and there's a – in the business department at uh, Business Building, there's a – in Starkville, and I'm sure they have this in other schools too, but there's a whole – Section that was uh, involving finance and involving you know these guys uh, uh, have a ticker tape and have all the the stock quotes and and there's a whole uh, you know up to date where people can can uh, take those classes can get in there and, re- and really understand and I, th- I think the 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 key is a uh, is Certainly, the key is education and getting a good education, but learning to think and not just learning to uh, to uh, you know recite things and spit mm. back spit back their note. In other words, uh, if you've got no, you've got to do fifty pushups. You don't you don't uh, uh, mess around. And the night before the 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 test is going to be, you don't say, "Gosh, I got to do fifty push-ups. What do I do? Tonight? I better get some sleep or whatever." You know the the you have to start. You know, you start by doing five push ups and then you work up to six, to ten, to twelve, and you know, twenty five and thirty five and forty five and then you get to where you can do fifty but it takes that may take you a year to to get to that point. You don't in other words, you don't you, you, you sow what you reap and uh uh but uh, but you don't you don't do that the night before and think, gosh, do I stay up all night doing exercises? Will that help me in the morning? Right. It's not going to help you. At that point, it's too late. you right. got to do the work and you got to do the, the effort, just like you see some of these uh, athletes hmm. that are, uh, you know, that are, that are doing the push, putting in the work. Uh, so when the kickoff comes, they'll be ready to play. And you see the same thing with guys that are, uh waiting for their waiting for their chance to get in the game, yeah. but I guess the, the advice I would give you is to is to uh, certainly to get an education but to 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 learn to think to learn to um, uh again not just spit back out regurgitate information on a paper that yeah. the war of eighteen twelve started in eighteen twelve you know anybody can look that up know that but it's you know it's learning to think uh and that just takes maturity and it and um I think we all need—we certainly need role models—and uh, mm-hmm. um, but but the the real thing is is uh, you know I'm one of these guys that that believes you got to create something, you got to make something happen. I mean, you can certainly be in the in the service business, but there's so many uh, so many fields today where nothing—they don't really create anything and don't really uh, you know j- just. Churning dollars or whatever, but but not really creating a product. And you know, there's an old adage that says, "If no, nothing happens until somebody sells something." In mm-hmm. other words, until somebody sells something, you don't need to build a house. If, <laughs> if they don't, if, if nobody sold one or says or, or pits the idea, then you don't need to build a house. You don't need to buy any furniture. You don't need to buy TVs, wash machines, dishwashers, you know, faucets, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so the, the the you know, we've got to build something. We got we got to create something. We have got to come up with great ideas. Mm. uh but we've got to build it's all about uh for the city and, and for it's about jobs and you know job creations and there's gonna be all kind of new jobs you know you ask me about uh about uh I, know, I guess we'll talk about that but but the the advice I would give people is to it's, a, it's just to learn to think and to to pay attention and uh, um you know the, it's it's so competitive today mm. i i having three- three kids uh and and getting just getting in college today is tough. getting in getting in uh, uh, schools today is tough because we have so much competition, and it's a worldwide economy today. It's not just you're not competing with people from Alabama, but from people from uh, to get it you're competing with people from all over the country and all over the all over the world, quite frankly.
1: yeah, absolutely. I guess my next question, Mr. Wilder, would be, as entrepreneurs or business owners such as yourself, um we're all gonna fail at some point. I've done it. Um, I know that you've done it at some point. Um, in fact, most of us do it uh, quite often. But uh, can you share a time when you failed? And from that experience, what you learned?
0: In our business, I guess, we really fail all the time, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And uh, so you just you, you just continued to learn. Is there a, a I noticed there's a, a, there's a quote I've got, as a matter of fact, from a from, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, and it's, it's, it talks about life is, well, Charles Swindle, as a matter of fact, says life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, you, you don't deal deal on failures and you deal on, uh, 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 you, you deal on, because that's just part of it, you're going to fail and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to continue to make mistakes, you're, And but it's how you respond to those. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, we're responsible and we've got to be responsible. That's one thing. Certainly, we have got to teach our kids and that that because we feel all the time. And uh, you know, each season, a buddy of mine who's in this business said, you know, the ideal thing would be to go home on Christmas Eve in a snow-covered, light snowfall, and to go home to your family. On Christmas Eve and have an empty store that you sold. Everything was perfect. You sold everything out and don't have to come back till spring. <laughs> don't have to have a sale. And obviously, that's not the way it works. And, right. And uh, uh, and because you can't do that, doesn't mean you failed. Uh, uh, but we just got to get better. And and uh, you know we're all going to have troubles. Uh, that's just, that's the that's but but, but we got to learn from them. And and you're right, Joe. We do fail. And you fail. And I fail. And we all fail. Mm. And uh, make mistakes, but the whole thing is, is how you look at it, uh, how you respond to those. And uh, you know, we just our goal is to get better and better each day. And as we talk about, uh, you know, we're we're in the process right now. We're buying for spring of 2015. So we've been to New York and been to market. We're buying for, you know, not a, not exactly a year from now, but uh, you know, seven or eight months from now. I'm making projections and using the information we've got to make projections and, uh, you know, we know what we did wrong this time and we're trying to, you know, do better next time, but we'll make some more mistakes and we'll just, you know, deal with those and, and keep moving on.
1: Mm. I would assume you've got it somewhat fine tuned at this point. Um, than you did maybe what, 15 years ago.
0: You know, somewhat, but you know, it's it's a it's a change in market. I mean, today, uh, uh, it's a changing change in market, and there's always new, for example, uh, styles today. Or, you know, while they haven't changed drastically, they're, you know, there, everything gets better. Fabrics are better, uh, fit is better. Uh, just like like I, I I I tell people, we use the analogy all the time. Talk about a, a white paint. You know, you can buy a white a bucket of white paint maybe for $10. Uh, I don't really know what paint costs. So I'm making these figures up, but mm. you can buy, probably buy a bucket of paint for white paint for $30. And uh, uh, they're not the same thing. And, mm. and uh, so it's, you know, they may, when you put them on a wall, they may initially look the same thing, but after a year, when one of them's baked and peeled off, and the other one's still there, you know, uh, in other words, you're looking for value, you, 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 Look for you have to look for va- learn to look for value and learn the the that price is not everything and um mm. it's that you're looking for value it's like what does somebody say what does a white car cost? well, a white car could cost ten thousand dollars or a white car can cost a hundred thousand dollars and they're both you know got nice radios and four doors and you know four t- tires and look pretty nice but there's there's a a big difference mm. and uh, uh so it's you know it's a matter of um you know, you talk about value and talk about trying to trying to uh, educate people to look for value and not just look at the not just look at price. Right.
1: Well, I have to say, I had a I had a shirt that uh, was purchased from your store, and I had this shirt forever. Um, and the quality was amazing. And um, I wore this shirt this shirt with it was just a, a white long sleeve shirt. I wore it with khakis. I wore it with suits, I wore it with shorts and sandals at the beach, and I had it for years, and the only reason uh, that I don't still have it is someone accidentally um, messed it up while it was being washed, and and I was so upset about that because that shirt was my favorite shirt, Uh, and that's true, the quality is certainly, it really does make a huge difference, but... Um, Mr. Wilder, you've opened up multiple stores in multiple locations. Uh knowing what you know now, what advice could you offer uh to those who are considering an expansion, expanding their business uh perhaps into more than one location? Uh, cuz I know that can be tricky. What advice could you give there?
0: You know, it's it is tricky and it's uh and again, you learn from experience. Uh, you know, you're you're after buying your first house, the the you, you realize the mistakes you made and uh you know what you looked for and what you thought you wanted and what you really wanted were not necessarily the same thing and the the i guess my advice or my is there's really got to be a need and and i think uh you you either can create a need or you can meet a need for example, when we opened our store in auburn uh the reason we did that because I perceived a real need we have all the all the the, the products that we sell and the lines that we have, and the services we offer just weren't being offered in that community, and uh, and so we felt, I felt, there was a, a real need for that store, and uh, and so the store's been been successful because there sure enough was a need, and mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, you know, and we we're. Uh, have a great lo- in, in the right location to, to satisfy that need. I think about my friend Bud Skinner, when he opened Jubilee seafood back in the early eighties or whenever it was. And again, there was not a seafood restaurant in this part of the part of town, uh, this part of the city in the Cloverdale area. And, uh, and he's been super successful because he works hard and it's got great product and great service. And, but, but it, there was a need there for that. And, and, uh, uh you can certainly certainly create needs and come up with needs that people don't or things that people didn't know they needed uh uh but i think you 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 uh you you gotta have gotta you gotta serve a need you gotta you gotta serve a, a purpose for being there and not just uh, uh i don't know if that makes any sense or not but location wise you know in, in i was a marketing major and you, you, we learned that it was location location location, and to some extent that's true but but if you're going to looking for your favorite barbecue restaurant location, it's not important you're gonna to go to wherever they are and you're gonna to go to a the local guy and if 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 you're you're as i told uh, uh women. For their, their, if their hairdresser moves across town, they're not going to say, "Well, she's gone. I'm going to go somewhere else," because they've got a relationship with their hairdresser. They're going to go where, and most men the same way. If their barber moves, mm-hmm. you know, their accountant, their accounting firm, or their lawyer, or their uh, their painter, their you know, and that's I think that's what life life's really about relationships. And uh, getting kind of off off subject here, but I think you, uh, uh, you if you're providing the right service, you know. and and can can get the get the word out there market then you're going to be you know you're going to be fine
1: right uh here's a hypothetical for you mr wilder um and i get some really interesting answers from this but uh, if the locker room were to just vanish today uh but you could keep all of this knowledge that you've built over the years what would you get up and start doing right now
0: That is an interesting question. You know, I, I, um, if I could keep all the knowledge, uh, gosh, I would, I would spend some time, uh, you know, coming up with, I, I think I would spend some time coming up with, uh, uh with some needs and, and create some kind of a business, create, uh, you know, a clothing store or a hardware store or, a, uh, uh, you know, some kind of some kind of uh, business where there's a need, some kind of service. Again, I think I think that life is really about relationships, and mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know want to create those relationships. You know, you, you don't go to a dentist that, that you ride by a shopping center and see a sign that says dentist and go there. Right. Uh, you, you know, you go to a dentist that that your mom and dad went to, or your best friend goes to, or your somebody's got some kind of yeah, and say, I like this guy and he does a great job and, and, and you want to, you want to go to, you know, do business with them. And, uh, but, to, you know, again, um, uh, knowing, knowing all what I, that knowing what I believe, I would, I would, uh, you know, I just think, I think there's, there's, a you've got to do something, to provide some, provide service and provide value. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think I think I could uh, uh, make a living, you know, doing doing whatever I wanted to do. But uh, whether it be selling for somebody else or, or uh, that I admire, you know, working for a, a, a great uh, company. But I would I would look for somebody, uh, you know, that I could learn from. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, or I or want, or want to work for somebody that I could learn from, or and, and somebody who's constantly seeking to learn. So I mm-hmm. think if I could if I could uh, take what I know now, I would, uh, uh, you know, it'd be great to work for a visionary man like a Jim Wilson or like an Ed Loud or like an Aaron Aronoff when they were alive. Uh, you know, visionary people who have created jobs and created, you know, companies and that's what I'd be looking for, I think.
1: Okay. Well, uh, the next question is, we know what we do in business is important. um, would you say that knowing what not to do is equally as important?
0: Probably so. I tend to think of I tend to tend to think the take the positive approach and for example, you don't tell your kids no, don't do that, mm-hmm. but you tell them that a gentleman acts like this, a lady acts like this, and this is how we act in this family and this is how in this store, this is how we act, this is how we respond to criticism. You know, not don't do that or don't do this. Right. There certainly are things that you there certainly are things that you don't do. But I tend to, uh, I'm a, one of these glass half full kind of guys, and so I tend to tend to uh, look at it as to what I would do and not what I would not do. Fantastic. I, uh, uh, but yeah, there's you know there are I I hear these rules about developers and about some of their rules about. Don't do this and don't do that or don't build a here or don't whatever and so I listen to those and try to learn from uh, from other folks uh, but I, I just tend to think that uh, sometimes we get too easy and say you know tell your children don't do this don't do that mm-hmm. as opposed to as opposed to telling them what to do and and how how uh, uh gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen act and and uh, Deciding what you want to do, and then then acting that. There's there's a great book. One of my favorite books is by Andy Stanley. It's called The Principle of the Path. And his his premise of the book is pretty pretty simple, which I think life pretty should be pretty simple. But it's that your direction determines your destination. Mm. In other words, if if so that so you want to be on the right path, and it's so easy. to get on the wrong path today when you see billboards that say, you know, take this pill and grow hair, take this pill and lose weight, take this pill and, you know, have flat abs and take this pill and whatever, or you know, drive this car and you'll be you know, get the girls or you know, wear this suit and you'll get a great job or whatever. And of course, all of those are not true but that's what we're told we're bombarded with every day and uh, uh, so it's easy to get off the wrong path on the wrong on the wrong path and he said, "There's a direct correlation between, you know, for example, starting smoking at, at, at 15 or 20, and then, you know, having cancer at 50. Mm. You know, you shouldn't be surprised because that's the path you're on. So that's where you're headed. Mm. So that's not a, a you know, if, if you want to get to, if you want to go to Tuscaloosa and you get on 65, uh, then you're going to end up in Birmingham and you're going to be, you know, still 60 miles from Tuscaloosa when you get up there because you're on the not because you maybe did something wrong, but because you're on the wrong path. You're right. on the wrong road." And uh, so I think we, we've we got to make sure that we're on the right path and that we have someone, friends and family and uh, mentors who can who can help us get back on the wrong path, on the right path when we do get off.
1: OK, uh, Mr. Wilder, what's the, the very uh, the proudest moment uh, of your career, would you say?
0: You know, Joe, I'd say the proudest, proudest moment of mine is when my children were born, mm-hmm. when my kids were born. I mean, there's no, uh, you know, there's that. that the, certainly our goal is to raise responsible adults, and they're all adults now, so, uh, you know, you're still, uh, that's where we still are, but uh, still trying to raise responsible adults, and, and now that they're beginning to have children, and hopefully their goal will be to raise responsible adults. And But, uh, you know, my career, I'm, I'm, I don't think about it quite frankly, that much, but uh, uh, the fact that we've been in business for 37 years or whatever is is a pretty remarkable achievement. Seems like in in the retail scenario, because most businesses don't last more than five years. And right. uh, uh, so I'm pr- I'm proud of all that. I'm proud of I'm proud of the people. Uh, most most proud of the people that we have working here that we that I work with on a daily basis. We've got some great folks, and uh, we've got folks that have grown up here that have gone on to be priests and uh to be bis- other bi- start other businesses and uh, uh so i'm really proud of, of of the people that that have come through this organization and the people that are certainly are here right now we've got some great people and and that's why we're successful is because we've got uh you know i've always said would if you had a choice between having great people or great product i'd have uh, i would always have great people mm. you know we can we, do, we happen to have both, but if I had a choice between great products and great people, I'd take great people and, <laughs> and, and a crummy product. <laughs> uh, but you know, Obviously, we wouldn't have a crummy product, but, 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 but it's about people. It's about having great people and surrounding yourself with great people.
1: It is. It absolutely is. Uh, what is one thing that really excites you right now uh, outside of your business? It could be inside your business, but something that um, really gets you excited, something someone else may be doing, anything at all.
0: No, I'm excited about I'm excited about the opportunities we've got to expand our business uh, via the internet and via via the uh, uh, we've got a collection in Auburn we call Planesware. We've got a collection, you know, there are Auburn graduates and of course Auburn alumni all over the uh, the the world for that matter, but certainly all over the country. And uh, you know we want we want to address, we want some of and some of them uh, I mean most of them around the country, you know, aren't able to come to a basketball game or a football game good uh, too far far away, but they want to support their team and wear the team colors and so forth and so we want to, we want to, uh, we have an opportunity we started this our, our own collection of plant called Plainswear mm-hmm. you know Auburn's the loveliest village on the plains to, to create great looking clothing that that gives makes a guy a statement as that the guy could be an Auburn guy. Uh, without looking like he got dressed at the bookstore, looking like he got dressed at at uh, at a sporting goods store.
1: I love uh, that. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: and so w- I'm really excited about that. You know, and I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we talked earlier. I'm excited about Montgomery. I'm excited about where Montgomery's headed. Uh, hmm. uh, uh, the 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 what the great things going on downtown to cr- to create a city and a peop a community that people are going to want to uh, where people are going to want to live and 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 raise kids.
1: Well, we're glad you're a part of it, Mr. Wilder, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, I know that uh, we've all learned a lot, and it's, it's been a very enjoyable experience. So thank you so much, Mr. Wilder.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Entrepreneur Montgomery. Find us at entrepreneurmontgomery.com, on Facebook, or follow Joe Bass on Twitter, at Joe T. Bass. Thank you all so much.